you start your day? You set your tone. You're the master of either a good day or a bad one. You're the master of a terrific week or that of a terrible one. It's all in your mindset. Do you start your day off positively or do you start it off in a dreadful tone? I've shared this personal story several times, how I used to wake up when I worked in an industry that made me extremely unhappy. Every single morning, I'd say to myself that I was stuck. Instead of being blessed to see another day, my mind was set to hopeless. Are you setting a positive tone for each day? How are you setting the tone for your life in general? This is a time where you can think positively. Everything is in your mindset. Right now, I have a wonderful seven-day motivational entitled the Go Love Yourself Daily Crown Jewels, the seven-day motivational. Head over to www.goqueen.com and download your free copy of the seven-day motivational map. You can also go to www.goqueen.com and download the full-color PDF seven-day motivational guide. This guide is also available on Amazon.com. So go ahead, change your mindset, and remember, every single day you can go love yourself and have a winner's mindset. Go queen! Thank you guys for joining the Go Queen podcast, the key chat. So I'm excited. I have an awesome young lady today, and she is Miss Malika ENT. She's the queen of the bay, and she's doing some amazing things. She's a recording artist, a host, a filmmaker, a model, an actress, and an activist. And she also has this new single coming out called African Girl, and it's dedicated to the original woman. So this episode it's definitely for all my queens, so I'm going to give Miss Malika the floor so she can introduce herself and give us her full background. So how are you doing today? Yeah. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me, first of all. I appreciate you for looking out for the queens. We got to have each other's back. Won't for my sister what I want for myself. So yes. I'm very excited to be here and sharing this platform with you. Tell me some just tell, start off and tell us everything about this single. Like, I definitely have a bunch of questions for you, but I want to talk about that single first. I loved how you said that it's dedicated to the original woman. And I did watch and get some information about that single off of YouTube. But I want you to tell everybody the background of that song, you know, the origin of it. Just give us all the information about it. So basically, um, I've been raised, you know, like I said, I'm an African girl, but I was born in America. And since I could remember, my parents have put it in me to just have love, respect and honor for the motherland, for our ancestors and just learning all about our history. Um, I grew up going to Pan-African schools, Muslim schools, and I'm just really appreciative for that. And when I finally had the opportunity to go to Africa, I always dreamed about going to Africa. But when I finally was able to touched down in the motherland so honored it was just amazing and I kind of was freestyling that um 
first verse on the beach, but it was on video. And I ended up um, going after that and I just wrote the song and just paying homage to to all of us melanated women, all of the original women um, of the world, of the earth. And also just me going to Africa the first time was just such a, an amazing experience. And it, that was kind of the motivation for that song and transitioning over. You know, I've been doing music for a long time and this is kind of like... Um, me, I don't want to necessarily say reinventing myself, but mm-hmm. just coming with a new different flavor and a twist. So it and I would say the inspiration was just for me actually going to Africa and, and getting a chance to just soak it all in firsthand. Wow. So just to backtrack, so I saw that you're originally from Oakland, California, and of course you're a NOLA resident now. But as far as music, what was your start like? You know, what were your influences? Were you raised in a musical household? Like, how did your origin begin with music? So, um, again, I was raised, well, not again, but I was raised in a a musical household. My mom um, is a professional African dancer, so I grew up watching her African dance, and she's an actress. She's done many, many plays Mm -hmm. and films. Um, My dad was a a lead singer of the band H.P. Riot back in the day. They were signed to Columbia Records and they toured like Europe and Canada and done a lot of amazing things. And my uncle was in the group. My auntie was in the group. Mm -hmm. So in my household, it was just, I mean, they really, we really didn't grow up like watching sports or Mm -hmm. like a lot of TV or video games and stuff. Our family was like, either they was talking about the latest debates, politics, or we was singing like every day you could just come to our house and, and basically it would be karaoke. It was always like really looking back. It was, a, it was a party. Mm, um, wow. And so I grew up in that type of a household and my, my father and uncle, they're really great songwriters. And so back in the day um, we formed a group called the Oaktown girls and my, mm-hmm. my dad, uncle were very, um, instrumental in helping us the writing and things like that well we wrote our raps but they they were actually telling us back in the day to sing hooks and we was like don't nobody sing hooks don't nobody <laughs> sing and rap you know don't mm-hmm. nobody do that and every he still reminds me to this day how he was like I told you now that people can't stop singing rap. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom you know she used to make sure we kind of was like a Jackson 5 household with a little African twist to it so that's really how I got started, just watching my family do it. Wow, that's really amazing. So I know going through your bio, it said that after the dissolution of your group, you started and founded See You On Top Entertainment and be- began appear- appearing on a lot of projects. So what do you think yeah. was like the major kind of breakthrough that transitioned you, you know, from the group that you started to really catapult your career? Okay. So um, after the Oaktown girls, we kind of were teenagers, really, really young. We were we were really kind of like one of the first girl rappers to come out. But Mm -hmm. we kind of started getting into trouble, um, doing things we wasn't supposed to do. And my mom was like, that's how she punished us, like breaking up our group. And and her and my dad really had a big fat disagreement about that. Mm -hmm. And so that was just that my mom didn't play. She was like, you know, so that kind of happened and then after I graduated from high school I ended up marrying my high school sweetheart having a baby which all along I was still doing my music 
Mm-hmm. But then I just started buckling down and really just getting back into it. Because, I mean, once you have a love for something, you really never stop. So I, I got back into it. I um, formulated the company. Um, they got the LLC and everything done. And I started working on my own project and just getting back out there, hustling and grinding and um, connected with A-Team Records. And, and they really were an instrumental part of my first project that I put out. Um, and really, I was performing everywhere. You, you, Anywhere it was a microphone, I was there wow. doing my thing and just hustling and, and grinding it out and just bringing my name back as a solo artist. Now, I saw that you also have listed that you were a contestant on Diddy's Making a Band. Now, I grew up watching that show like crazy because, you know, MTV was like, you know, right now they don't do any music, you would think. But, you know, back in the day when MTV showed videos and, you know, making a band and everything, how was that experience? Being on um, Making a Band was a really awesome and amazing experience. You know, a lot of people talk shit about P. Diddy like, oh, uh, you know, he's this, he's that. I really don't have any complaints because even though I didn't make the band, he really respected my hustle. He never came at me sideways. And just to be able to work with somebody like P. Diddy, like it was it was just awesome. Like I, I worked really hard there. I was able to work with um, Doc Holliday, vocal coach and Lorian Gibson and um Phil Robinson and uh, Johnny Wright. He manages like Janet Jackson and Alicia Keys and Britney Spears. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's where I was able to work with all of these people. And it really just sharpened my skills as a performer overall and was really able to saying is that it was really able to help me transition into many other opportunities. Um, I really wish that it was like back then it wasn't Instagram. It wasn't Facebook and all of that. So I kind of missed that wave. But I was still able to do, you know, a lot of things. It was, and, and people still mem- remember me from making a band after all of these years. So I'm very just thankful for that experience. Like over 200,000 girls applied to be on that show and I made it to the top three. So I ain't even mad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, making a band was, was a big thing back in the day. I mean, it was a huge mm-hmm. thing. So I know you mentioned, you know, just nowadays how it's a little different. You know, obviously, social media is really heavy. Do you think social media, you know, because this is a huge IG, Facebook world and TikTok, YouTube, everything. Do you think it helps or hurts new artists? I think it helps. I wish they did have Instagram. Baby, (laughs) I have my million thousand followers and a blue check. Um, (laughs) I think it's, it's what you do with it. You know what I mean? It's your platform to use it however you want. It's like your own small business. I think it's too much fronting going on. You know what I mean? Like right. if you a fake person, it's, it's, it's easy to be hella fake on there. Like mm-hmm. that's the part that I kind of don't like. Right. Um, but I mean, that's, that's on that person and on that individual, if they, if they're fronting on Instagram and all of that. But for me, man, if they would have had Instagram back in the day with all the stuff I was doing, <laughs> I'd have been all in the shade room and some more. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I, I personally, I wish I can't, I'm hoping God willing that I, you know, get another big opportunity like that because looking back, you know, I was on TV 24 seven and it really, you know, makes you popular and people get to see you. And now I think with Instagram, the way you can get paid on commercials and so many more doors, I was saying, you know, with Instagram and Twitter and all of this, it's just really, 
what do you do with your platform? You can do so many things. It's really creating a lot of um, entrepreneurs and just, you know, business owners and just a, a whole new way of thinking. I, I love it. I think it's cool. It's just interesting just to notice how things have changed. But, you know, the new generation, that's all they know, you know, is the social media world anyway. So that's the thing that's really funny. So also looking through your bio and everything, one question I do have before I go into further questions. So who are some of your major musical influences? I mean, I know your family was obviously really instrumental on, you know, just what you picked up as an artist. But out of the out of your family, out of your close knit family, who are your major musical influences? If you had to pick some artists, you know, past, present, you know, like who's a, who's some of your go-tos just to get your inspiration? I mean, back in the day, we used to take like before social media and all of this stuff, our entertainment was taking turns singing Anita Baker. Mm. Like I turn, I'm singing this and we used to do that for hours, singing Anita Baker and you couldn't interrupt. So if it was my turn to sing, it, I was singing. I love Anita Baker. I love Mary J. Blige. Um, I love Brandy. I love, love Brandy. Um, old school, you know, Stevie Wonder. I grew up listening to a lot of Stevie Wonder in my household. My parents, you know, listening to um, my mom loves like Shaka Khan. Um, but my, my, my girl would be number one, Anita Baker. That's, that's my number one favorite singer. And then Mary for like the newer and Brandy even on the up and up. Nice. And I love how Brandy, I'm like a huge Brandy fan, and I definitely agree. She mm -hmm. is the vocal Bible. I, I think she's underrated, actually. Um, yeah. That's just my thing, because I know, like, the new verses is coming out, and with her and Monica, and um, I, something I was watching, they were like, oh, who do you think has, who's going to win? And everyone kept saying, oh, well, Brandy doesn't have that many hits. I was like, what Brandy albums have crazy? they? Yeah, I was like, I don't know what albums they listen to, but um, like Brandy's catalog is insane. So I was just like, whatever. You know, like, I love Monica, but I pick Brandy all day. If I too. never had to hear another Monica song, I wouldn't cry. I mean, I love Monica, don't get me wrong, but mm -hmm. I, I would be very sad if I couldn't hear another Brandy song. Right. I mean, and I just, I don't know, out of the whole Brandy Monica, especially, you know, back in the day when it was you know when the boys mind came out and everyone tried to pit them against each other i just i'm just a brandy fan i do feel she's mm -hmm. underrated i feel like her vocals are insane you know and she needs her girl. she needs her flowers now um but i mean she, and then just lyrically and just the catalog in general i just feel like i mean you want to get technical i feel like she has more hits anyway so i just didn't know they just had you know some people i feel like they don't know their research and some people aren't like fans fans you know so i was like yeah, I think Brandy got more hits than monica or they might have the same amount but if i had to listen if you tell me i'm driving on a five-hour road trip you want to listen to brandy or monica i'm choosing brandy oh most definitely definitely to this day i can to actually out of her albums my personal favorite is actually the never say never album um baby what do you mean yes <laughs> I'm a, I'm stuck on that new song, No Borderline, to the point like I can't get it out of my head out of her new um album B7. But like I can't get it out of my mind. Like I love that song. Um and that's that single literally kind of overtook every single Brandy song I've ever loved. Just something about that song, I just love it. And I just I love to see I, I just love to see how she how she has grown 
But me personally, like I said, I'm super biased, but I was like, man, Brandy to I'm me not, is going to kill I, I'm that. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit out of pocket because I haven't even downloaded her new CD. I've heard bits and snippets from just her promotions and stuff like that, but I'm already giving it an A plus and I, I don't know, but Never Say Never Ooh, is yes. definitely my favorite album for yes sure. and never say never for me was one of those albums you know like back in the day when you would get the cd and everybody would whip out the the booklet you know like that was like the right. big thing and and i'm like a music head so for me it was always a big thing when you can get like that one cd that you could listen to the whole like listen from track 10 1 to 10 you know and it's like never say right. never for me every single track on that album was like off the chain in my opinion but you know and that's what I kind of don't like about the new age is is all this downloading stuff I miss holding a CD or an album and Mm -hmm. looking at the cover holding the poster and all of that all of this that's what's kind of wearing me down on the new tip all of this downloading stuff it's like I want something in my hand that's tangible you know right but on the other hand you know being able to just post up your song and People were calling me and they're just singing my song already. They already know the hook just from me being on Instagram back in the day. You had to go put flyers on cars and perform at a club and, you know, like that. So it's a catch-22 right. of sorts. I definitely say it's a catch-22 because there was nothing like back in the day, you know, because first it was that I was a kid. It was the 45s, you know, I got some age on me. So, you know, like the little 45 records. Right. And then it was like getting right. a big album, and then you know, even when it trans, when it transgressed the CDs, it was like, okay, cool. You still had that booklet because I would love. I was corny. I would even like reading the thank yous. You know, like let me see who they oh, thank. Thank you, right? You know, that was a big thing, and I used to love like when you, you know. Then I would love like when some people, like some people, didn't have the lyrics, but some people did. So like when they had the lyrics in the booklets, oh yes, like they got it all in here. They got the lyrics, you know. And this scene, oh, let me hear this song. And and I feel like, like, for example, like Babyface. So when I was really heavy into buying my CDs and stuff, like, he just has a particular sound. So when you listen to somebody, mm-hmm. like, you kind of have in your mind, like, okay, he must have produced this. So you grab that booklet <laughs> and you look right. at the lyrics and you see who wrote it or produced it. You know, that's people that you I just reminded me, like, where are the thank yous in the downloads? Right. I just feel like that's, you know, that's old heads. We like, that's the stuff we was into. Like, I love reading the thank yous. You know, <laughs> like, I just Ooh. thought it was like really cool. So just backtracking back to you because I could talk about Brandy all day. So, <laughs> girl, shout out Brandy. Yes. So you've done some like some amazing things so you've also mm-hmm. done some model work so one thing that had struck out to me when I was reading your bio was that so you did some modeling for Levi's and they used you to mm-hmm. do a fit for for jeans and to do a mannequin they did a mannequin in your likeness so basically yeah I do fit modeling for Levi's and pretty much they pay me to just come in and design the jean on my body Wow. Um, for the curvy, um, it's a few different ones. It's the curvy one, and I also do it for Old Navy. And basically, so like Levi's jeans, any of the Levi's jeans that, you know, we going to wear, the ones that got the curves and stretching and all that, right. are, made after, um, are made after my measurement. And they made a mannequin, like, out of my measurements. So I, I really wish that I could have had that mannequin in my house. But I tried to get it, and my my <laughs> agent was like, "Yeah, we gotta get it." 
It's probably in China. I don't know. It's like we started trying to get into it, but I never did. But they actually did create a mannequin um, in my in my measurements. So that wow. was pretty cool. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. So something else you did that I thought was amazing. So tell me about this show that you host called The Hypey Show. So The Hypey Show was actually one of the first ever original podcasts. Like when podcasts were first created, Hypey Show was in the top 50 podcasts. Like I know it's a million of them, but Hypey Show was one of the first ones. And it was right after I had got off making the band. Um, Kevin Epps, he's a, a world-renowned filmmaker from the Bay Area. He um, produced Straight Out of Hunters Point. He's actually got a documentary inside of Alcatraz highlighting the Black experience on Alcatraz with the brothers that was in prison there. So Kevin Epps actually was the creator of the show and hired me to be the host. And at the time, I'm, I know we were really way above, you know, before our time, because people was like, what? Mm. Watching TV on the phone? Like, what are you talking about? It was like, even me, I was like, wait, 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 what's going to happen here? So it was, that was when um, you could first start like watching movies and stuff like that on the cell phone. That was really the newest thing. But that was a really honor to be a part of that because I was able to do interviews with like everybody, Will Smith, I interview Barry Bonds, Gavin Newsom, Snoop Dogg, Nas, Public yeah. Enemy, Jada Pinkett. I, I, we were just everywhere with the Hyphy Show, and that was a really great time. But yeah. Hyphy Show is one of the first ever original podcasts. Yep. That's amazing. So out of all the people mm-hmm. that you interviewed, who would you say you would put at, like, your top three? I think... Will Smith for me was kind of like Will Smith, you mm-hmm. know. Um, it was him and Jada Pinkett was together at the time, so that was like I got a double entanglement. <laughs> um, and then for me to meet Snoop, Snoop, um, actually, we ended up working on a magazine together. I, I named it called Mandatory Business, he was an intricate part of that. So really meeting Snoop and him knowing like once I got off making a band it was just crazy because I would see people celebrities and like I saw Venus and Serena once out and they're like Malika oh my god it's you and I'm like oh my god it's you wow so I mean I was never really starstruck but it was just it being on a reality show instantly people know you so it just put me in a different circle so when I met Snoop he already knew who I was Mm -hmm. um and he was just so Snoop was just hella cool so for me Snoop was a really good interview and I I I was able to powwow with him several times um and then who would I say number three hmm maybe maybe like Chuck D from Public Mm -hmm. Enemy because that was more Mm -hmm. like a serious interview yeah. You know, I interviewed Flavor Flav too, and he was that was the time when he was doing Flavor of Love. So he was oh, trying wow. to listen to me. But Chuck D really sat down with me and I was able to really have a real interview with him. And it was, you know, it was a, a, a good moment for me. Um, but it's so many different people. I think Gavin Newsom was pretty cool too, just by him being now the governor. Mm-hmm. Um, he was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. That's amazing. Good time. So, like I say, you have, like, a long, extensive history. So, I know, like, obviously you grew up in the Bay. So, what led you to New Orleans? So, my father was actually born in New Orleans. Okay. And my mom, my grandfather um, is, he. we call him Mr. New Orleans. So, 
when my grandfather was sick, my dad moved back to New moved to New Orleans. So after he was three, they moved to San Francisco, the Bay Area. Then my grandparents moved back. But he always put it in our family to love New Orleans. Baby, it's a party, baby. We've been coming to New Orleans <laughs> since we were a little girl. I've been coming to the Mardi Gras and all of that. But I never thought that I would move to New Orleans. And then I met my warrior. His name is Asani, Asan Juth. And he, hill girl, that's a whole nother long story now. He's a political prisoner, but he's mm-hmm. he was the reason why I actually came to move to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. But my dad was here. So it made it easier because my grandparents were here. My dad was here, but then my love was here too. So I was able to go on ahead and transition. And I tell you, New Orleans has been a major blessing for me. And my grandfather, he passed away like three months before I actually moved here. But I feel like he has actually, to me, he's looking over us because everything has just been rolling in a, such a positive way since I've been here. It's just been amazing. So obviously, you know, everyone knows New Orleans, you know, is rich in culture, it's rich in music. So how do you feel like the city influenced your music? Do you feel like there was definitely just a difference in your influence as an artist um, before you moved to New Orleans? Did you notice like a difference just in, you know, your creativity with your music once you moved down to New Orleans? Well, can you hear me? Mm -hmm, I can hear you. Yeah, so... I really, you know, was already kind of enthralled in the culture because I've been coming down here since I was like 10 years old every summer. Mm -hmm. Um, But the bounce music is kind of something new for me. Like we really don't do bounce music. We do slap, you know, in in Oakland, it's all about the slappers, the bumps, the two shorts and, you know, all of that. And, oh, that was another honor. I worked with two short on the song too. But I just finished shooting a video on Saturday and it's a bounce song. So I'm officially coming out. We don't have the um, release date yet. We just finished shooting the video. The song is called Loving You. And so I feel like I have that, you know, that bounce. I don't think if I was not living in New Orleans, I don't even think I would have thought to do a bounce song. Mm -hmm. But being here and I met some amazing, amazing people in New Orleans and now I got me a bounce song, baby. Nice. (laughs) That'll be coming out soon. But um, working with a lot of live bands and things like that, I love that. Like, what I love about New Orleans, you can walk down the street. The other night, I was walking down the street after we shot the video, and people were just playing music live on the street. I jumped right in, impromptu, we rolling on the street. Just amazing vibe. You can walk a little bit further down, and a lot of people know me from performing here and invite you up on stage. You don't even know you're going to perform that night. Next thing you know, you done did a whole concert. So <laughs> that's I really do love the New Orleans with a live band. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my dad, we have a um, not, since COVID, we haven't been able to do it, but a lot of the places in the French Quarter we perform um, on different nights. New Orleans is an amazing city for music. You know, I think I think people kind of get the point that New Orleans is big on music. I know, like a lot of people I meet, obviously the first thing they mention is the food, but that's one thing I feel like people who haven't had a chance to be blessed to come visit the city. It's just like you said, if you go downtown, you could just be walking down the street. And it's like mm-hmm. there's a band, you know, and they're rolling. They're not just sitting there, you know, with a little box and a drum. No, there's like a bunch of musicians with their instruments oh, yeah. and they're having a little mini concert on the corner. You know, you might get an eight piece band on any given moment on the street. Definitely. Mm-hmm. New Orleans is an amazing city. So some other mm-hmm. things that, you know, I picked up from you. So 
tell us about at your activism. So obviously, you know, we're in a heavy political climate right now. You know, I feel like, you know, with the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, obviously in our race, we were already aware of the things that were going on. But one thing I will say about this current movement, some people who, you know, weren't aware of some of our counterparts that may not have been fully well versed on some of the struggles that we've had as a race, you know, their eyes are being open. So tell me some something about like the activism that you've been a part of. So once again, it's, it started with my humble young beginnings back in Oakland. Um, like I said, we went to schools that were like Pan-African schools. So I've always been heavily involved in the struggle. I started off probably at five or six years old going to study groups with my father mm. and just going to rallies and things like that. Um, shout out Huey P. Newton. May God Allah be pleased with him. He was killed on August 22nd. Like I marched in his um, funeral p- procession. Wow. Um, at the time, we were really heavily involved um, with any injustice with the police. We were, it's a place called the Yahoo House in Oakland. Mm-hmm. And that's where we mm-hmm. actually, um, where I met Tupac. We used to, we all used to rehearse there, Tupac. We all used to be there. And so they would they could count on us to be at any given moment at a rally, you know, um, supporting. I was a part of the um, Oscar Grant movement, the Love Not Blood campaign. I'm just somebody that people can call on and count on um, for giving a helping hand. Currently, the movement Degel Sunubap, um, it means to be honest in the Wolof language in Senegal. Um, my my man is in uh, Senegal. He was deported to Senegal and he speaks out against the injustice that's going on in Senegal, which is very similar to what's happening here. But we've been um, rebuilding schools out there. We're um, cleaning up in the community, feeding the community and basically just shining the light on injustice is what my family has always done. My dad is a registered member of the Nation of Islam. So, you know, those brothers and sisters is always in the community and I'm right there. I'm just a sister soldier. We're part of um, the Ministry of Arts and Culture for the Nation of Islam. So we do a lot of events in the community. We raise money and then give it back to the mosque, which also turns around and buys land and feeds the community. So always Black lives been mattering to my family. And I'm just thankful for the awareness. And, and basically, we've been woke. So anything that's having to do with the, the liberation of our people, we right there. That's great. Yeah, upbringing sounds absolutely amazing. And that's great that they oh, yeah. raise you to be aware, you know, from a young oh, child. Yeah. I think that's just, you know, besides all the great musical, you know, roots that they instilled in, you, instilled in you, the fact that they raise you to be aware, I think that's an amazing oh, yeah. thing. And that's something that we should give to our kids just so they can be aware of what's going on and also to give them pride in themselves too, you know, pride from where we come from. I just think it's important to instill those roots in your kids so that's like really amazing that's you know hats off to your yeah. parents because you know that's Our just... par- my parents even like Ubaka is my last name mm-hmm. they wasn't born with that last name they actually changed my mom found the name an African priest came and blessed our family with the name so I'm the firstborn grandchild and my sister is the second my sister and I were the only two that wasn't born with the last name Ubaka but our first and middle name our African names, but all of the grandchildren, it's like 20 something now all have African names from beginning to end. And um, where are you from? I'm from New Orleans. 
Oh, you're from New Orleans. Yes, I okay. Am. I didn't mm-hmm. Know. Mm-hmm. So you know all about the bounce music. So in oh, yeah. Oakland, there's Laney College, which um I ended up graduating from UC Merced, but I was able to name the program, um, the Ubaka program, which it helps um provide books, tutoring um to low income African American students, you know, just low income students. And I'm very proud of that. So for Ubaka means supreme wisdom, wealth, and knowledge. But the program in school is utilizing brain power to attain knowledge abundantly. And so that's something that I'm really proud of. And it's really, it's been around now for like 10 years. Every year I check in, Ubaka program still rolling and it's still rolling. Wow. So I know that, you know, that legacy will live on and it's helping a lot of students, you know, get through with times that maybe they wouldn't have been able to handle without having that assistance wow that's that's really mm-hmm. like i said that is absolutely phenomenal so some additional mm-hmm. info about you so i know like you also have acting experience and you've also directed a documentary on let me make sure i'm pronouncing it right on soca music or the soca music soca, 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 soca. yeah that's the music of the island of trinidad yep wow so tell me about that documentary and when did you make that so that was in 2011, and that experience was awesome. Um, we went down there. It was a study abroad program, and again, it was like right after making the band. So it was at the height of everybody just kind of know, you know, knowing who I was. It's crazy. Couldn't even really walk down the street at that time without people. Oh my God, it's you, baby. They don't do it like that no more, but that's okay. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm still rolling, but. So I stayed in Trinidad for about two months um, and it was a group of about five of us that um, got together and did the documentary on soca music. It was called No Soca, No Life. And that literally was probably one of a, a great highlight moment in my life. Like when I think about things in my life, that's one that I was saying, OK, that's up there on the top. So but when we got there, we literally did not know anybody. I didn't. One of the other young ladies, she kind of knew about the music and all that. I really didn't know anything about it at all. So I was just fresh plate, didn't know what was going on. And I just found I wanted to find out who the top artists were. And um, the top, top artist in uh, Trinidad is still to this day, Marshall Matano. Mm. You Google him. And they were like, but you would never be able to get him. You know, he's the top, but you'll never be able to get him. So from day one, I was like, I got to get him because they said I can't. <laughs> right, right. So we literally ended up not only getting him, but he showed us around. He had he let us interview him on, on, on his tour bus. He took us backstage. We was all in the VIP service, kicking it. Like it was, it, he was like the most welcoming out of everybody. But we ended up getting like all the major top people on that um, documentary and it was just a really great moment and I know I probably lost about 15 pounds because we was dancing all night long if you ever have an opportunity to go to Trinidad you definitely want to do that they call it liming all night like liming is like partying and kicking it so we were liming I ended up getting to perform at a lot of the clubs out there people was just treating us like royal you know when you go somewhere else out the country they just lay out the red carpet for Americans for whatever reason. Right. Um, and we was getting all kind of stuff, just free boat rides, jet skis, tours, food. And I mean, girl, you about to make me book my ticket to go back. <laughs> it was 
such an amazing time and our documentary really, really came out nice. Um, and just to get Marshall Montano after people were basically saying that we never would was an honor. And he was just really, really great to work with. Wow, that's really amazing. So mm -hmm. right now, obviously, we have the pandemic taking place. Um, has it affected, you know, just working in general and singing and performing? Has that affected you in any way? It definitely has because I just miss, like, on my birthday, I did a lot of concerts in my house. I set up the thing, uh, microphone, and did all of that. But I've been, I feel like the pandemic, you know, it's a unfortunate situation, but it's also been a, a time of reflection and growth and mm -hmm. development. Right. I've been able to get a lot of things done. Um, when I moved to New Orleans, I started working at Wyndham doing marketing for uh, um, Wyndham. Mm -hmm. And I ended up, praise God, I ended up being like the top marketer there and really just rolling in the dough. So I kind of started like, focusing so much on that that I was just stacking my bread and I bought a house and it was like getting everything together. So I wasn't performing as much anyway, um, but I still was writing, but I was really just getting myself together and I, you know, purchased the home and did all of these cool things and a new experience with being a, a marketer. But since Corona came, I, I, I don't know. For me, it hasn't been the sob story like everybody else has. I feel like I've done so much during this time. I probably could have done more. What I do miss is getting on the stage rocking out. I really miss a live show. I really miss, you know, the band behind you and the loud music and the crowd. But, but I've been able to shoot a couple of videos. I've been able to write more songs. I've been able to meet more people. I've been able to start my live. I wanted to get back on the podcast scene. So I said, let me just start with the live on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. I've done like 11 episodes and you're going to be on. So I'm excited wait. about that. I'm super excited. Yeah, it's it's been an up and down roller coaster, but you know, you got to take the good with the bad and make the best of it. Oh, definitely. Now, barreling back to music, is there any artist or producer or songwriter that you have on like your wish list that you would like to hook up with, you know, that you haven't had a chance to connect with? Is there any like dream artist you would like to collaborate with? Who would be my dream artist to collaborate with? I would like to collaborate with Brandy. That would be the bomb. I love her. Um, did I say the bomb? It's the bomb <laughs> for me. Um, I would love to work with Brandy. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's just, I would love to work with, you know, I met Mary J. Blige and it was, Again, I was so honored. And she's like, girl, I know you. I'm like, oh, my God, I love you. <laughs> now, when I'm seeing these people, I don't do all that. But it was just an honor to meet Mary. But I would love to work with Mary. I would love to work with Brandy. Um, you know, I would really love to work with the Migos. Like, I really mm -hmm. like the Migos. Okay. As far as, you know, or Drake. I really, would, I really would like to work with Drake. I think me and Drake would make a really dope song. Mm -hmm. My son as is obsessed with Drake. My son is yeah, Drake. Drake. My son is Drake's Drake number one fan. Man. It's ironic because um that was one of the last concerts I went to um was Drake and the Migos actually. I want to say that was two wow. years ago. It was a Drake to be honest because I'm like a concert whore. Like I was going to everybody's concert at one point in my life, and he was like one of the best concerts I saw. Like really? um, oh his concert was 
amazing. Like the set, everything was really good. Um, trying to think, and that was on the In My Feelings album, but that concert was like, he didn't owe me anything. Um, Jay-Z, I saw him at the 444 concert. That was amazing. He practically covered, he covered so many songs. You know, like you go to some concerts and you'll be like wishing, you know, <laughs> they sing particular he songs. Done. He pretty much, I think he covered quite a bit. Like that concert was like amazing. The only thing I just didn't want it to end when he was done. Like when it was over, I just sat there like, that. you know, like I want more, you know, but it was so good. Um, but Drake puts right. on an amazing concert. Like it's really good. Drake is good. Drake hits a home run every time. I don't know a bad Drake song, to be honest. Right. And I had to go. Like I said, my son is like his number one fan. So, you know, when I found out he was coming, I was like, okay, let me get these tickets. <laughs> but it was a pretty good concert. Now, my Mary J. Blige memory, actually, I saw Mary at um, Essence. Now, this was years ago. This was when Beyonce had the B-Day album. So that's how long ago that was. But um, oh, wow. the thing that amazed me about Mary, she had, you know, she was just on stage, had her mic, she had a bottle of Dasani water, and it was, you know, it was no thrills. It was just her singing her ass off, and she sipped. Just take bottle. me as I am, I have nothing at all. But the thing that mm -hmm. amazed me, she took one sip of that water. <laughs> when I um, said she was all over the stage, and you know when she did no more drama, like she like ripped the stage apart. But I was like, I was thirsty for her. I was like, I need Mary to drink that whole bottle of water. <laughs> you know, but she literally just paused and took one sip, and that was it. Like, I, you know, I will say, like, she puts on a show, but it's like a show show. It's not like, you know, some artists, like they big on the graphics and all that stuff. I just appreciated the fact that it was just her and her mic and the people in the background. That was it. And her bottle of water. Right. <laughs> like, that's all she needed. Okay. So, right. just to round everything out, if you had, like, let's say there was, like, an up-and-coming artist or someone that listens to this episode that has aspirations of being, you know, in the industry, what advice would you give them? I would say definitely stay true to yourself. Um, because many times, you know, I've been around... I call myself the almost queen. I've been around the, the biggest people and I've been around, you know, people that are trying to get to that level. And some of the things that have been said to me is amazing. Like I know people can buckle and fold easily under pressure trying to get to the next level. And you don't want to sacrifice or compromise yourself to get to that point. You know, to me, it's not worth it. Just, Stay true to who you are. You know, if you don't want to say that lyric, don't say that lyric. Like, don't allow people to manipulate you into being something that you're not comfortable with. Now, if you're comfortable with doing the food, and do the food. But mm. don't do anything that you're going to end up regretting. You know, and, and never give up because it'll be a lot of people that will tell you that you can't do this or you can't do that. You know, I actually had tried out for making the band the first time with was Chopper and all of that and mm -hmm. I didn't make it at all I didn't make it at all mm. and then the next time he had making the band it was for singing but I was I was a rapper like I'm I'm rap originally and I sing a bit I don't really consider myself a singer singer but I sing mm -hmm. and I was like wow I know it's gonna be like some amazing singers but I'm like I'm gonna go for it but when people found out it was so many people like you don't sing you don't sing any good or you can do this and I ended up making it to the top three wow. out of hundreds of thousands of people but I didn't let them tell me that I couldn't do it if I would have listened to some of these people I might not have even went to the audition so believe in yourself 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one thing I like to round out with something new that I started, I asked all my guests to define being a queen. So how do you define a queen? I define a queen and standing, like I just did, on your principles, mm-hmm. um, holding your head high, being responsible, being true to yourself. Being a queen to me is keeping your word because your word is bond. It doesn't cost a dime to keep your word and do what you say you're going to do. And want for your brother or sister what you want for yourself. So that means you can't be a hater. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want your podcast to be the most successful podcast. I want mine to be successful, but it's enough room for both of us. I'm not going to secretly, you know, hang up and say, I really hope that hers don't really go anywhere. So that's not a queen. I mean, real queen is going to look out for the next sister or brother. Mm. I love that. So... I don't want to put you on the spot, but is there any way you can give us, like, just give us a little taste, give us a taste of a lyric, something? Like, can you bless us with just, I don't know, a spoken word, a little rap, something, anything? Just bless us with, like, one minute or something, you know, 30 seconds. Can you bless us with anything before we end the um, podcast? Oh, for sure. I mean, and everybody, make sure you follow me at Malika ENT. I'll sing a little bit of the song that I just released called African Girl. And it's dedicated to all the original women <clears throat> across the globe. So here we go. I'm an African girl, but I was born in America. I'm an African girl, and I'm so proud to be part of you. La, 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 la. I am an African woman. La, 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 la. I'm an African woman. I touched down in the motherland, so honored, soil of the original mother and father, son and daughter. I'm so unbothered, denying everything that the slave master taught us. My people are raw, black skin, flawless, first to do it, all the original ballers. What? Original scholars, original people is really what you should call it. Stay original, stay strong, Black Lives Matter, baby. I love it. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this conversation. And just tell people again, I know you mentioned where they can follow you, but just tell them again. So I know you use like the same handle, right? So tell everybody where they can follow you, where they can be blessed and get all your music. So everything is at Malika ENT. My YouTube is Queen Malika ENT, but M-A-L-I-K-A-E-N-T, like short for entertainment. That's my Instagram um, like page is Malika M A L I K A. I'm kind of weak on Facebook, but I have the followers and stuff in there. I don't really post that much on there like I should. But um, Malika ENT on Instagram. I do have Twitter. I'm a little weak on Twitter too. Y'all gotta forgive me. But I'm trying to step up my game right now. But you get me on Instagram and Facebook. And follow my YouTube channel because we'll be dropping the video tomorrow to the song. Oh, wow. Malika ENT. Well, I don't know by the time this podcast comes out, you know, what day it'll be, but Queen Malika ENT for YouTube. Thank you so much. So you guys heard it. This is Queen Malika. That's Malika ENT, Queen of the Bay. So I want you guys to make sure you follow her on all those platforms that you mentioned. And thank you so much again. I really, truly appreciate it. You're such a humble person. And I just really appreciate you blessing this little podcast you know, and talking yeah. to us. 
For sure, baby. I'm trying to I'm trying to talk to everybody. One, two more people to know about me. I ain't mad at all. And blessings to you and you know, prosperity and doing what you do. Keep it pushing, keep it going. I see what you got going. It's very professional and clean. I don't know how I found you, but I'm happy I did. Me too. You have no idea. I'm super happy. <laughs> so, thank you so much. And I really, really, really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for listening to the Q Chat Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Queen's Arrogance LLC. Our company website is www.goqueen.com.